0: Hello, and welcome back to Wit Glass Unfiltered. I'm your host, Courtney Huntington. This is episode 43. Thanks for being here with me today. It's a, a gorgeous day where I am nice and bright and sunny, uh, not too hot so far. And um, I hope that uh, the day that you're having has gotten off to as good a start as my day has. Uh, right now, I am really excited about having the opportunity to talk to you about the new movie Wonder Woman. That's the topic of today's episode. And as you know, here at Wit Glass, what I'm interested in is the intersection of technology and stories and storytelling, literature, art. Politics. I am interested in how all of these things intersect to build culture, and I am particularly interested in the the storytelling that is inherent in each of these. So, for example, technology has a purpose, and generally it is the person who tells the best story about their technology that does the best marketing and sells the most of their product. But even going a level deeper than that, it's not just the story that we tell about the technology we're building so that people will buy it that I'm interested in, but I'm interested in the story behind the product. Not just the story of how the product came to be, but the story of what problem the product is supposed to solve. And in my opinion, the products that best understand or best demonstrate an understanding of the problem and its solution are the best products. Okay, the product that... that fits best with the story of life, with the problem that we as people face in life is the product that serves the best purpose and is the most effective. Now, just because a product is a really good product, just because a product has a really good understanding of how The world works and solves that problem really well doesn't mean that it's the one that sells the best. So the the other kind of storytelling is important as well. But I'm interested in the story and the storytelling that that surrounds us in our everyday lives, Uh, not just about the technology, obviously, but about all the other aspects of life. Okay, so here at Wicklass, that's what we're interested in. That's what I'm interested in. And and so I'm excited to have the opportunity today to talk about another version of storytelling. And I, I think that um, this, uh, this Wonder Woman movie is a, a really nice piece uh, to talk about some interesting storytelling as it relates to the culture that we live in. So that's what we're going to do here today. And I'm glad that you're here to be part of it. Now, before I get into Wonder Woman, as always, I want to talk about coffee. Well, as always, I want to talk about beverages. And as usual, I want to talk about coffee. Um, so I, I'm drinking this, uh, this coffee. It's the same kind of coffee I was drinking yesterday that, uh, that I mentioned to you. Um, and, but today, I want to tell you a tale of two coffees. The one I'm drinking today is the new one I mentioned that has this deep, rich, caramelly uh, flavor. And I've really, really been enjoying it since, uh, since we opened it and, and started using it. I just took a sip. It's delicious. I'm drinking it again out of my Contigo Auto Seal um, Aria mug, um, which is fantastic. Uh, but the coffees great and this coffee is uh, a Trader Joe's coffee uh, it's their fair trade organic Bolivian blend and uh, and so this is the new one that I was mentioning to you that is so good and I think it's even better than the other one we were using from Trader Joe's that that I discovered and, and thought was really good um, it is the the new one is the this organic Bolivian blend and The reason it's better is simply that the flavor is richer. It's a little richer, a little deeper, a little smoother. Um, It has a a little bit more complexity to it. And so it's fantastic. Um, The old one was their organic fair trade, shade grown Ethiopian, which is a a Yergoshev coffee. And it's really good too, Um, but it's not quite as rich not quite as deep, not quite as complex. And and I can see how, um, over time, we'll use both of them. uh, You know, just depending on, excuse me, on, you know, sort of how we're feeling at the time, having exactly the same kind of coffee day after day after day gets a little old. It's nice to have some variety. So I can definitely see us uh, drinking both of these moving forward. And of course, we'll We'll drink others as well. There's lots of great coffee in the world, and so we'll mix others in. But I suspect, partly because of the price point and partly because of the quality, we'll be using these uh, fairly regularly. Uh, So again, that's the uh, Organic Bolivian blend from Trader Joe's and the uh, Shade Grown Ethiopian from Trader Joe's. So if you happen to have a Trader Joe's in your area, uh, check them out. Yeah, I'm not sponsored in any way by Trader Joe's. Uh, if, if I were, you know, I'd tell you. Um, but my my interest is just to pass along things that uh, that that I think are cool, that I think are are good, and uh, and let you uh, enjoy them hopefully as much as I do. Um, so if if you have a Trader Joe's in your area, make sure that you uh, check out these two coffees. They're they're great. I've drunk both of them before um, with, you know, with a, with a regular drip style. Um, I've, I've used them both in a standard, you know, 12, 10 or 12 cup, uh, coffee maker, which of course is a drip style. I've, um, had both of them using the Keurig and the solo fill grinder that I've told you about that puts out the Um, you know, basically the right amount of grounds for the the small cup uh, for the Keurig. And we'd use those reusable uh, metal filters. Uh, And I I liked both of these coffees in both of those forms. And now I've tried both of these coffees with the Eura Impressa C60, which as you know, I'm a huge fan of. And I've liked them both in, in that machine as well. So both of these coffees are very versatile um they're both fairly mellow. The organic Bolivian blend is definitely a darker roast. So if you're interested in darker, bolder flavors, uh, the Bolivian would be a good choice. the The uh, Ethiopian is um, it, it's it's certainly not fruity. Uh, you know, a, a lot of Ethiopian coffees, uh, particularly Yrgohev coffees, can have a fruitiness to them and, And this one has maybe just a hint of fruit, but it's really much more of a savory coffee. Uh, It's just not as dark a roast. It's not as dark a flavor as the Bolivian. Uh, So again, if you have a Trader Joe's in your area, check both those out. I think you'll love them both. Okay, now let's talk about Wonder Woman. Now, as always... Here on Wit Glass Unfiltered. The conversation is very off the cuff. I may take notes, I may prepare some things. I seldom, if ever, have a full outline of things I'm going to say. Every now and then, I've had uh, a brief outline of a particular argument maybe or something like that because I, I felt maybe there is a particular way of putting it that I wanted to be able to 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 you know communicate that I felt was most effective. So every now and then I've had something like that. Um, but most of the time, even in cases like that where I have a little chunk of of what I want to talk about outlined that little chunk is embedded in um, an entire episode that is roughly um, off the cuff. You know, I, I may plan that, you know, I need to be sure to remind you to oh, follow on Twitter or sign up for the newsletter. You know, I, I may have things like that that I want to try to, um, to communicate. And so I may have a list of those things that I'll insert at some point. But generally, what I do is is at least amorphous, if not completely unscripted. Um, And and the same is going to be true about this. I, I want to talk about the things regarding Wonder Woman that have stuck out to me, that continue to remain in my thinking. And so I don't have... This list of things where I want to talk about this plot point or that plot point, I want to be sure to communicate this. I'm going to analyze the overall structure and talk about uh, story structure and you know the the build up, the climax, the um, you know the, all of those Aristotelian um, drama rules about how you build a story. Um, I, I'm not here to do that today, and I'm not. St- I'm not avoiding that because I think that's not valuable. That's just not the way I want to approach it, at least not today. Um, So I want to start with some general impressions about the movie. And um, the the one that continues to really resonate with me, to reside in my, my consciousness is the idea of the movie as a whole as it sits in the the now pantheon, as it were, of comic book movies I mean we've had comic book movies for for ages i mean for decades right in in the modern uh comic book movie world uh you know uh, in my thinking, and again, this is off the top of my head. but my thinking tends to go back to uh, to Batman with um, Michael Keaton. That, that that strikes me as being sort of sort of the start of this flood of comic book superhero kinds of movies. But then in the last ten to twelve years or so, the boy, the movies have just continued to flood, flood, flood. I mean, obviously the Batman franchise continued long after Michael Keaton's three movies were done, you know, with uh, Val Kilmer and George Clooney both getting in on the action. Um, and, and then, of course, the, uh, the Christian Bale three series um, movie franchise, you know, that Christopher Nolan did. Uh, So Batman has been basically um, uninterrupted in its production for 20 years. But on top of that, you've got Spider-Man movies, and I I forget now how many Spider-Man movies there are. If you count uh, the new one that's about to come out, if you count the Avengers Civil War if you count, um, the Garfield, um, Spider-Man movies of which I think there were two, uh, and the Tobey Maguire movies, what are we up to? Seven, eight, nine movies now in, in 15 years. Um, again, don't write me about it. Don't quote me on it. Um, I mean, if if you want to write me about it and, Remind me of what they are. That that's fine. But of course, any of us can look them up on IMDb or Wikipedia and and see what they are. And my point is not to is not to talk about it, the exact number, but just to say there are a lot. And and then of course you have got the X Men uh, series, and and now you, with the um, what is it uh, X Men Days of <laughs> days days of yore. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going back to the young X-Men prequels to the, the original X-Men movie that came out 15 years or so ago and, and all the Wolverine movies. So, uh, and then of course you got the whole Marvel universe that has been building now with Iron Man and Captain America and, and who knows how far it's going to go. Ant-Man, um, You've got all of these superhero type movies and TV shows with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going on and the Arrow series and The Flash. Excuse me. All of these superhero movies and TV shows um, have been around for years and years and now they've been growing, partly, I think, because the technology... The film technology allows us to represent in a visual motion picture form the kinds of feats that we couldn't really represent very well um, in live action uh, filming until recently because of how far advanced CGI has gotten now. Uh, so there's this plethora and it's building, building, building. And one of my first thoughts about, um, about Wonder Woman as I was watching it the first time was this idea that we all need heroes. We all need heroes. Um, we all want to be heroes, but we all know that we're not heroes. And it's it's that idea uh, that I think drives us to be so interested in superhero movies. Uh, We want to see heroes. We want to believe that there is something greater than ourselves because we look at ourselves and see how insufficient we are for our own salvation. And I don't just mean that term salvation in terms of ultimate salvation, saving our souls, but I mean that in terms of our salvation in this world, protection from danger, from injury, from attack. We find in ourselves this terrible insufficiency and we know we need heroes and we even want to be heroes, but we can't see ourselves as heroes. So we like these stories that give us heroes. And one of the beautiful things about Wonder Woman, and now I'm coming back to my, my big picture general thought. The first thing that that just keeps sticking in my consciousness about Wonder Woman is that at, as we put it up there with the pantheon of um, superhero comic book stories in film form, I think that Wonder Woman may be the best so far. Um, Age of Ultron was awfully, awfully good. And I thought that, uh, um, that... the Civil War Avengers movie was very good as well. I I, I think that all of the Avenger movies have been captivating. Uh, I thought that Thor was, was excellent on a lot of levels, but there is a, for lack of a better term, humanity brought out in Wonder Woman that I think some of the others were lacking. One of the things that I love about the way Wonder Woman is presented is that, first of all, the film doesn't focus on her sexiness. And that's not to say that she isn't sexy. That's not to say that it doesn't in any way comment as a film or have characters comment on her beauty or her sexiness. But that is not the focal point. There are none of those rotten, cliched camera pans where it starts, starts up at the top and goes down the body to the legs all the way to the bottom. Or in reverse, starting at the legs and working the way up to the face. Yeah, none of those terrible, cliched, awful, awful shots. Now, I'm not saying they're awful in the sense that they're not effective. Uh, clearly they are effective. Um, particularly men, I'm sure, in, enjoy that those kinds of shots because women are beautiful and we all like seeing beautiful things. But of course, men are a- attracted to the female form in a way that generally speaking, women aren't. And so we men like to see those kinds of shots and that's why they keep being in movies. But frankly, I think they're gauche. I think they're, um, they're just, they're repugnant because I think that it focuses our attention on one single part of what makes up the beauty in this case of Wonder Woman. Um, is her outfit sexy? Sure. Is she beautiful? Sure. But that's not what the story is about. The story isn't about how sexy she is. The story is about her as a hero. And all that that entails. And there are so many wonderful moments in the movie that bring life vitality, warmth to her character. Now, uh, it's been well documented that the film was directed by a woman, and much has been made of that, I think, um, overblown. I think we should focus less on that and and simply focus on how good it is and praise the person who did such a wonderful job directing it, but, um, the movie isn't better because it was directed by a woman. Well, it might be in this case. I'll get to that in a minute. But I, I mean, as you watch it, the 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 fact that it was directed by a woman doesn't make the movie more enjoyable. When I, when I I don't think I'm saying this very well. So let me try another way. Um, when I went to see the movie, I don't think that I knew that it was directed by a woman. So I watched the movie, and I enjoyed it tremendously. I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. When I found out it was directed by a woman, that didn't make me enjoy it more. I didn't suddenly enjoy it more because, oh, it was directed by a woman. Now, getting to that other point, I think that it's possible that the movie was more enjoyable or had those extra layers of warmth because it was directed by a woman. And so a movie about a woman that could have been all about her sexiness and could have had her basically looking like um, a glorified Bond girl um, instead focused on her character in a larger way Not focusing so much on the external appearance So it is possible that the fact it was directed by a woman Made the film more enjoyable Because instead of focusing on her sexiness It, it focused on her, uh, her overall beauty Her overall character um, But the fact that it was directed by a woman Isn't really that significant in any other way Not as far as I'm concerned Either it was well done or it wasn't. And in this case, it was well done. Um, and, and of course, the performances by the actors and actresses uh, were were just wonderful. There were so many great moments when the Chris Pine character, um, he, he just, he brought some real life warmth and, and I know I keep saying that word. Um, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm struggling to find my adjectives here. But um, he brought such reality to the character. Um, I mean, for me, the finest moment, uh, and I don't know if this was his idea or the director's idea or the writer's idea or all of them collaborating, but... At the climax, at the moment when he does his part as the hero of the film. And he takes the airplane up. And he is going up, 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 higher and higher and higher. And he gets to the level at which he thinks, now, now I'm high enough. I'm far enough away. I'm going to do this. And he pulls out his gun to shoot the compartment, and blow the whole thing up so that this toxin is burned up because it's hydrogen-based, and so it'll burn. And he's about to pull the trigger, and he pauses. And it's as if you can see in his face that he's wondering, "Am am I really doing this? Am I going to do this? And he pauses there. And you can see the humanity in his face, the the brief moment of hesitation, knowing that this is his end and that he is ending himself for the sake of others so that their end will not come. And the way he takes that deep breath and closes his eyes, Is such a powerful moment because in him you see the contrast to the goddess Diana, Wonder Woman. In him you see a human hero. And he was someone who claimed throughout the film that he was not the hero. And yet here he is in those moments, giving himself up over and over, denying he's a hero, talking about how small and insignificant he is. I mean, yeah, of course, he's got his moments where he's a little blustery and, you know, defensive of his, his character and his worth, like all of us but he's constantly saying he's not the hero, and yet, at the end, he is. Now, he's not the hero of the movie. He was the hero of that situation. He was the hero of that moment, of that little part of the entire story. But you, you see, that is part of what makes the movie so wonderful is that while it shows us on the one hand the hero that we all need in Wonder Woman, the goddess, it also shows us the hero of the everyday. The hero that we all can be in our little parts of the story. The little tiny fraction of the overall story being told in this world. The everyday moments that we face day after day. That Chris Pine character, Steve, he is the hero that you and I can be, though he may not be the hero that Wonder Woman is. And in the film, they even captured this when he says to her, when he's getting ready to get on the plane, he says, I can save today, you can save the world. And to me, that is part of what makes Wonder Woman so wonderful, is that you have the everyday heroes represented, and represented strongly and favorably, showing that you and I, the everyday people, can also be heroes of the everyday. And it's our job to do that when we're called upon. And so I, I thought that Wonder Woman was the, uh, a delightful film that brought in uh, so much warmth and the characters were so much more complex, I thought, than, um, than you see. Now, it could just be that, that the, the Marvel Universe, that those films are beginning to feel uh, comfortable um, so that we, we know what to expect from the characters so they don't feel quite as complex to us. Um, but I, I went back after seeing Wonder Woman and I hadn't watched any of the, the more recent DC comics films uh, about superman or or the the recent batman with ben affleck and so i went back and watched and i didn't get any of the same level of warmth from those films uh you know with wonder woman you had great explosions and effects and battles um but they didn't feel as grand most of the time and i think that that lent them a um a reality that you didn't see in some of the others um all right. Thanks so much for being with me today for this episode about Wonder Woman. I'm so glad that you joined me. Thank you so much for coming back episode after episode. If you're enjoying it, please tell your friends, tell your family. You can share uh, share the podcast and the website on Twitter. You can share it on Facebook. You can share it on any of the, the places that you like to share stuff. And... Um, please visit the website at wit.glass. That's wit.glass. It's that easy. That's all you have to type into your browser. W-I-T dot G-L-A-S-S, wit.glass. And you can email me if you want to get in touch with me at halfwit at wit.glass. That's H-A-L-F-W-I-T at wit.glass dot glass. Pretty soon, the website should have a suggestion box, um, some sort of account that you can log into uh, in order to change preferences uh, in terms of communications, and in order to be able to make suggestions. So got lots of cool things coming on the website. And uh, I've got some um, some potential conversations with others coming up hopefully soon, maybe as soon as next week, and, uh, and I'm just so glad that you've been here to share this with me. We're already at episode 43. Before long, we'll be at episode 50. And uh, the sky's the limit. Thanks and have a great day.